0: The volume up. <laughs> How well do we do with following that scripture? Having this mind in you that was in Christ Jesus. Newspapers seem to have a way of disappearing, so and I don't take them. But I always love family circus. It always had a, he had a good way of illustrating different facts of life. And one I remember is, in light of what we had this past week, uh, walking in the snow. He had one where he, the dad, was walking in the snow with one of his children. And as they were walking through the snow, the dad was making a comment, Well, this is nothing. When I was a child, we walked in snow up to here. And if you look at the little boy, the snow was up to here on the little boy. Several factors. One is regardless of the age we are, we tend to forget what's preceded us and what lies ahead. And we tend to live in the world in which we dwell, which is the only way that we can live. But we're encouraged to be and challenged to be mindful of the way God wants us to live. And as we think about that and having this mind in you that was in Christ Jesus, it has to be along that similar line of the father talking to the little boy. We're not going to be perfect in it. We try to imitate. We're going to come up short. The Lord is patient with us and he allows us that. And the challenge will always be there of our learning to walk as Christ has walked. And set in our mind on the things above where Christ sits at the right hand of God. He reminds us that we have died and our life is hidden in Christ our God. And for us to again be mindful of this challenge that we have. And being mindful of the fact that again, we forget. We forget where we were from time to time. Or oh, we may go back and we may remember, yes, I, when I was outside of Christ, here's some things I did. But in Christ, we, we tend to forget the, the growth process of how much we have grown as we follow, or as we are striving to follow God. And then we get the realization of, regardless of how far we've come, we're not going to reach that perfection in this life at all, except through Christ Jesus. And the challenge for us to to work along that line. He reminds us back in chapter 2 and verse 10 of Colossians, you are complete. In him who is the head of all principality and power. You are complete in Christ. We need to know that. We look at ourselves and oftentimes we berate ourselves. We downgrade ourselves. We, we're willing to give one another the benefit of the doubt. But we know that in our own life that uh, we're not where we ought to be. We are so short, and we need that reminder that we're complete in Christ. He's the one that completes us. And we're this the child, trying to imitate the father. And the other one I like is the fact when you're walking through the snow with the dad and the, the child following, following behind, is that the dad takes his normal footsteps, and the child is trying to match those footsteps And for the child to match the first steps, he's having to go big steps. And we forget that he lifts us and carries us and sustains us and comforts us and strengthens us so that they are not huge steps that we're taking and trying to follow the master. He's with us. He walks with us at the pace that we're walking. He walks with us in the life that we're living at the current time. He has an expectation of us to be somewhere to keep growing. And again, we, we tend to forget that we have grown. And we tend to forget that we have a long way to go in our growth. And we tend to forget that that's okay. God walks with you. God is with us as we walk through this life to do the things that are pleasing to him. He's reminding us to seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Seek a life that God would be pleased with. And again, outside of Christ, that's impossible. There's no way you're gonna live a life pleasing to God without Christ. And we need to be reminded of that. He accepts us, he works with us where we are right now. Yea, we need to grow. Yea, there's some things we need to change. Yea, we need to seek those things above with a deeper respect and a greater intensity. But he works with us where we are right now. And there's our hope. He's not there to say, I went to the left, you went to the right, I'm sorry, you're out. Uh, it does not work that way. It gives us an opportunity to encourage one another. So we have all the way through the scriptures, is it not? How long has God been patient with his creation? It's unimaginable. Uh, Again, as I read scriptures, and that's what they're given to me for, is for my admonition and for my learning. That me, through the patience and the comforts of the scriptures, I might have hope. I mean, do you not draw hope from any of what we read in the scriptures? Israel of old? I mean, how many times does they just utterly rebel and and go into idolatry? And yet he, he worked with them. Yeah, a lot of them suffered the consequences, but he never abandoned his plan to redeem man through Jesus Christ. And he has not abandoned that plan. And so he he works with us. Uh, And simply because we're being blessed, we need to be reminded that he is still wanting us to grow more like Christ each day. Again, I reminded Deuteronomy 8 verses 2 and 3 that after all this time of going through the wilderness and all the tribulation that they went through, and again reminding ourselves that how many of the adults went into the promised land? Two. <laughs> and yet during that, all that time, He watched over them, He fed them, He closed them, He protected them. Even as they died in the wilderness, he was still with his people. He still works with us and that he's been patient. And he continued to work with us. How many times did Israel and Judah go into rebellion and idolatry, be punished, repent, come home? Years later, go do the same thing again. There's a day of reckoning, yes. But God is working with us, and we need that reminded to us in our life. And I think that's what Paul is telling these Colossians. You have some things that you have come out of. And again, we're reminded that when we turn to Christ and obey him and become a child of his, that old life is not automatically completely removed from our our mind. It's still there. Uh, We have to work with it but he is willing to work with us and give us help along the way. Set your mind on the things that are above. Remind yourself, as Paul would tell the Romans in the 12th chapter of that book, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies your physical life. You present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove and show that which is good and acceptable in perfect will of God. You change to life. You show the world that there is a different way of living. The world does not believe it's possible. The world does not believe that you can be here, be holy, be godly, seeking those things above, and remain pure to God. You simply have to give in. You have to conform to the society in which we live and we dwell. And we need to remind ourselves along that line. Which one of God's children does he bless? Only those that live in America. Only those that are living in God's country. No. no. God's people are around the world. Do you not believe that he honors, blesses, and encourages those in communist China? Wherever else they may be. Many of us are old enough to, to remember years ago how many prayers were offered up for the bringing down of the Berlin Wall and actually see that thing take place. I'm just simply saying, sometimes I get the impression that as we petition God, We're thanking him for us being so honored by living in this land that we forget he has his people all around the world. And he blesses them. He strengthens them where they are under circumstances that we might see as unreal and almost impossible to do. Keep our mind. We focus our mind on him to present his body, which is our service to him, not being conformed to this world but being renewed the renewing of the mind that's why we're given the scriptures you read through them and you look at it and and I don't know for years I guess it was just reading the history of God's people reading how they lived their lives, the trials, the tribulations they went through and so forth And then I'm reminded again by the scriptures, Romans 15, 4, for example, and others. This was written for my admonition, for my encouragement, that through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures I might have hope. This is a reminder to me of the faithfulness of God to his creation. He has the time frame. None of us know what that is. And there's a reason why. If I knew he was coming at six o'clock this evening, I've got twenty five minutes, according to that watch clock back there. So I don't not have to worry about it for twenty four minutes. And then make the change. That's not the way it works. He could come at any time, we could leave here at any time. And ours is to be faithful to him. I've said before at times that if you knew this was the last day on earth, what would you be doing? If you honestly knew at six o'clock, this this world is going to cease to be. What would you do? I promise you, whatever it is you think you could do, you could not get it done. (laughs) Why be time praying? Well, if I was spending time praying, why, why would I not be reaching out to others? By spending time reaching out to others, well, I couldn't do something else. There's no way you could get done what you would want to get done if you knew this was your last day on earth. But what do you know? Any day could be your last day on earth. You cannot do everything you think you need to do, so you have to do what? I trust God. I trust God. I'm a child. I trust my Father. I learned to try to trust Him explicitly. He gives me the examples all the way through. He's working with me, working through me, us as a family, us as a body of believers. And ours is to trust Him, but He's given us instructions of some things that we need to do as we go along the way. Be transformed. We're to live according to the Spirit. Paul as he wrote to the Philippians reminds us of some things that again that we need to dwell on. You know that passage in Philippians 4 in verse 8. Ephesians 4 verse 8 doesn't work too well so I have to go to Philippians 4 and verse 8. Finally brethren whatever things are true Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report—if if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, what? Meditate on these things. In other words, the mind is not a vacuum. You are going to think. You are going to meditate. You are going to... We're thinking about something. And we do the training. You, you decide. So when the mind wanders, what? Who's in control? You are. Bring it back. Meditate on the good things. Are there enough bad things out there you can meditate on? How many bad things can you think of or what happened this past week? I mean, you can spend your time on that and you can get discouraged with all that we've seen done. Of all the imperfections, all the way up the chain, if you will. I mean, you can spend your time on that as opposed to choosing to dwell on good things. Grateful for each one. Grateful for the care and the watch God has shown upon us. We've had some trials and tribulations. We've had our ups and downs. But God is still faithful. He still watches over His children. And we need that reminder in the life that we live. We need to seek those things that are above. Notice in verse 3 of the reading this evening. For well, you, what? You died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. You have died. We need that reminder. It's no longer us that lives, it's Christ who lives in us. Paul reminds us of that fact in the book of Romans, in chapter 6, verses 3 and following Or do you not know that as many of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were what? Buried. What do you bury? You bury live people? You bury dead people. We've died. We've been buried. The old man himself has been crucified. We have been buried in Christ. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too should walk in newness of life. If we've been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin." Not just engaging in sinful way of living, but letting sin dominate us. We're no longer that way. We have been crucified. We have put self to death. We've been raised to walk this new life. And again, God has given us that illustration in the physical life. Beginning a new life as the baby begins a new life. We're not babies, physically any longer. And wherever we are, it's always interesting to know that there's somebody around that's a little bit older than you. And so we're always this growing process. And regardless of what we've learned along the way, we find out that, have you learned everything? No, you've still got things to learn. And we learn them from different perspectives and different people. You can talk to those who have been Christians for 50 years or more and longer, and they'll tell you something, you said, you know, (laughs) I hadn't thought about it that way. You've got a good point a good consideration to think about That's why we're here, to encourage one another, to challenge one another, keep the faith indeed where it needs to be. Paul in Caution in chapter 2 and verse 12. We've been buried with him in baptism which we were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. It wasn't Christ. God raised him up from the dead. He raises us up. Gives us that new life, gives us that new hope along the way. And again, that is what we need in our life to be reminded of. To walk in this newness of life. Paul would tell the Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ in Galatians two twenty. And it's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith and the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. These are written for us, for our admonition and for our learning. Think about it. What Paul is saying there. The Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Wow. The depths of his love. I don't know, it boggles the mind. It really does. There's no way for us to comprehend and I don't know what the world's population is now. Eight, nine billion, whatever it is. That's a lot of souls. (laughs) And he died for each one. And that's not just a lot of souls. That's just a lot of souls that are living right now. How many have preceded? And how many will follow? He died for each one as an individual. That your sins can be washed away. And that you could be raised to walk a new life. That you can begin to Serve God and have a hope for that eternal life with Him above. Again, then, in light of that, we need to seek the heavenly. I want the things that are above. I have His Word that helps me do that, to remind me of the life of Christ, how He lived, and what He went through. And again, that's why the Scriptures were given. Go back and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read about how he lived his life. Read about the world in which he lived his life. Read about the people who he encountered in his life. Read about those who should have rejoiced and been exceedingly glad to see the Savior of the world in their midst physically and yet how they rejected him that he wants us to be his so we need to seek those things that are above that are heavenly and we're reminded that all that we have glory based upon what he has done before us that he gave his life for us We must change the life. And that's what he goes on in, in verses 5 through 9. Things to put to death. Things to leave behind. Either from our lives or for the lives of those that we know of or read about or hear about. Sin it's not just has its pleasure. Sin has its control. People become sinners not for the enjoyment, but for the domination it has in their life. You can read about it anywhere up and down the line of those where the sin controls the individual and dominates their life. There's no telling how many billions of dollars we spend every year trying to help people to break bad habits. And how successful are we? How many come out and go right back into it? Because it dominates. Paul is telling these Colossians, you have got to put to death these desires. You have got to get rid of those. Satan is always there to tell you, it's okay. Listen, there's a pleasure in it. If there wasn't any pleasure in it, would anybody do it? There are those who have done, tried different things, whatever it may be uh, drugs, for example, uh, particular drugs, and, and it wasn't pleasurable, and they did what? Forget it. But when it's pleasurable, mm, and the next thing you know, it has a domination on them. They've done things that they would not have done otherwise. Put to death these things of the world and I'm not going to go through the whole list. You can look at the list and see the things that are mentioned there of really what we need to get rid of in our life. We want to be found pleasing to God. Put off these sins, these social diseases that he goes on to talk about. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, lying. Lay them aside. And draw your strength from Christ. Verses 10 and 11 in Colossians. We have put on a new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all in in all. Put on this new man Understand who we are. Whatever the list is, whatever situation was, they still existed after they became Christians. And they had to work with that. Become this, I'm a new creation. I'm no longer, I'm no longer an American. I am a child of the living God. I am his. I dwell in his kingdom. He is Lord and he is master. My allegiance is to him. And all that I do. Yea, I obey the laws of the land because God told me to do just that. But I'm not an American. I am a child of the living God. I am a Christian. And I need to be reminded of that. The two are not so tied together that one cannot exist without the other. And that's hard for us to deal with at times. All you got to do is look at the Jewish nation. During the times of Christ, during the first part of the gospel age, how many listened and obeyed? Even today, today, there's still this heritage that we are God's people. And sad to me that even in the Lord's church, I hear some say, the Jews are God's chosen people. And I hear that we need to support them and that one day they will indeed be restored to their land. Read those in the religious body, denominationalism, if you will, make the comment that they are looking forward to the day when the Lord Jesus Christ descends from heaven and sets his foot on Mount of Olives and enters into Jerusalem to begin this new reign of a kingdom on this earth. Because they are God's people. It's not what the scriptures say. But neither Jew nor Greek we're all one in Christ Jesus. That's gone. If we're God's people, that's gone. If we're not God's people, that can be there, and it is. But we're to be God's people. Put off these things. Do the things that God would have us to do. Put on this new man that's in Christ Jesus. Do the things that would indeed would be pleasing to him. the goal is Christ in all is all and in, in all verse 11. be renewed according to the image of Christ in Romans 8:29. Be renewed, begin this new life. live this new life. continue to fight against that which would bring us back into the world. It's daily. it's daily. We're not careful, sometimes we don't think do not think about it, and before we know it we've kind of drifted a little bit. And I become concerned what's going on here. I want to be where He is. And I want that eternal home in heaven. And Lord, I do not want anything here to come between me and that. Nor do I want anything to become between you and that eternal home either. That's why we're here. We're here to encourage one another. We're here to challenge one another, to admonish one another, to do the things that God would be pleased with in our life. Sinners, Jesus will receive. Without that, there is no hope. But with that, there is absolute hope, encouragement, promise, blessings. But it's up to us as that individual to accept that promise. You will give it, if we will receive it. Will we receive it, and will we live it? Each day we make that choice. Each day we choose. Are we drawing closer to God, or is the world pulling us farther away? Make that decision that we could assist you, we could help you in any way, and doing what God would have you to do, we encourage you to come as together we stand and sing.